1: Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey Hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey Hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast Well, hey, Chris, I can't believe another year has gone by. Yeah. And it was a
2: great year, man. You know, as we do these episodes one by one, we get excited for that week's episode. We record other episodes. But when you look back on what we did in the full year, it's pretty impressive the resume that we have of guests. Each year when I look back, I'm like, oh my God, I think that this
1: rivals any music podcast in the world as far as guest quality. Well, that's awesome. And I, you know, I know that you did a little research for this to put this together. I'm going in kind of blind here, Chris. I haven't went back and looked who the first guest of the year was. (laughs) This is kind of, no, this is kind of fun for me. I don't don't sit back and heck, I don't, I'll I'll, once in a while, I'll listen to maybe an edit or something that you Send over, but you know, once the episode's recorded, it kind of just goes out there. And uh this is this is neat for me too. Well, I listen to our episodes when they come out on Monday morning. When I'm making my breakfast,
2: I just want to experience it from like the listener's perspective. And so every Monday morning I listen to our actual episode. And also I want to make sure nothing (laughs) nothing slipped past me that I need to go back and fix real quick. But Yes. When I look back at these episodes, man, it is very impressive. And before we get into looking back at all the episodes, Chris, I want to bring up something really important. I want to say thank you so, so, so much to the people who are members of our supporting cast, which help us continue making this show. Honestly, if it wasn't for having that supporting cast, we wouldn't be afforded the
1: luxury of making this podcast. That's right. And, and you know, some of the folks that belong to our supporting cast, which is our version of Patreon, uh, they, and I, I don't really want to say this, but some of them say, Chris, that they actually enjoy the after party we do almost as much as the main show. Well, Chris, I actually had a show this past weekend
2: and there were a couple of ladies there that were very, very nice. And <laughs> they said to me that they love the after you know people have said this to me before they love the after party and they love when you and i talk to each other so they're gonna be really happy about this episode but uh <laughs> they also said that i always sound really happy and i was like well i am <laughs> i'm i'm always happy i'm i'm talking to chris i'm podcasting i i'm happy do they say i sound grumpy uh no but they just noted that i sound especially
1: happy no you sound happy too i think you're overtly <laughs> happy Well, hey, but before we we jump into this, Chris, I, you know, again, thank you to everyone uh, that belongs to supporting cast. Head over to chrisdemakes.com. You can sign up over there and you'll get bonus episodes of The After Party. You can hear Chris and I talk in all our glory. But I just want to give a a little bit of of a backstory here. You know, uh, spring of 2020, Chris had the idea of doing this podcast. He said, you should uh, put a podcast together. We did... We set out, I said to Chris, listen, I don't want this to be a flash in the pan pandemic thing. I want to see this through. We have to do this at least through the pandemic. Here we are almost two years post pandemic, still doing it. Um, I'm so proud that we we, we stuck to our guns. We put an episode out every Monday since the first week of June, 2020. So I'm proud of the accomplishment. I'm stoked for everybody that listens and loves the show. And I'm reminded every day how much this means to a lot of people through our our Facebook group, all the socials, and uh, thank you so much. Yeah, and you had a lot of
2: people talking to you when you were out on tour this past year, right?
1: Tons, all the time. It, you know, they would come up. We would do our our VIP meet and greets uh, with the band, and, and um, eight times out of ten, the first thing out of their mouth was, "You know, your, your podcast is awesome." That's just such a great feeling.
2: Love to hear that. Love to hear that, Chris. And I think some of these episodes, maybe all of these episodes, are a reason why. And I wanted to look back on the year, like you said. You don't even remember. I bet you don't even remember what the first episode we did of 2023 was, do you? Uh, I don't. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um um, um 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 um.
2: It was Gosh. a it was a radio rock band. Modern rock band. Was that 3 Days Grace? It was. It was Neil Sanderson. That was our first episode of the year. Okay. Okay. It was really cool because it was a drummer's perspective. Not that he's just a drummer. He's an all-around musician, but I thought that was a really cool episode. You know, It was one of those episodes where I've heard that song a lot. Maybe it's a little bit outside of the realm of what I personally listen to, but then listening to the creation of that song from his perspective, it just gave me a whole new appreciation for the song, which that happened... A lot of times this year
1: oh yeah we're we're what now uh at, at the recording of this 190 episodes deep or something like that we've done 186 so far we've had 186 guest episodes and
2: that was episode 136
1: yeah you know 10, ten years ago a number of these songs I, I might have told you just you know off the cuff straight up I don't like this song and there's not a song that we've, we've, uh, you know, went through and combed through on this show or had a guest that I haven't enjoyed. It's been awesome because I, because I'm able to look at the songs differently. I'm not just hearing them. I'm, I'm kind of hearing them again for the first time.
2: Yeah, I agree, man. As the editor of this podcast, I get to hear these songs a lot when I'm editing the episode. So yeah, I gain a whole new, uh, appreciation for them as well. Uh, the next episode, episode 137, we had Justin Curry from Delamitri on to talk about role to Me, what a pop gem!
1: Yeah, that was a ton of fun to break down that song, and that was—I think I even mentioned it to Justin in the episode. That was a song that you know I, I wasn't going to be, be listening to in the mid '90s. It just wasn't speaking to me. I. I, I was too uh, too Im- Im- embroidered in-, in punk rock and what I was doing then, but uh, what a great song.
2: Yeah, it's a really, really good song. I'd be so psyched if I wrote something that unbelievably catchy. And Justin was one of those episodes. He's a Scottish fella. And it was one of those episodes where you heard as the episode went on, he opened up more and more and like enjoyed the experience. I think at first he was like, Wait a second, you're going to read every lyric of the song? I know there's some people, you hear it in the tone of their voice that first time you read like the first lyric of the song, they're like, uh oh, you know. But uh, I thought he was awesome, man. And that band, when I dove further into their catalog, I'm like, man, this band's
1: really awesome. Yeah, there's been a number of bands that we've had on the show that I've went back and just you know rediscovered their catalog. Just uh, the, the one that comes to mind is uh the latest Candlebox single. Uh, it it's killer, you know, and it's something that I probably wouldn't have have noticed, it wouldn't have been on my radar had I not had Kevin on the show.
2: Right, right. Hey, the next episode after the Delamitri episode, this is one in the after party, you had brought this song up just like a few months before that. So I reached out to him and I'm glad that I was able to get him. It was Joe Lynn Turner discussing Rainbow's
1: Street of Dreams. That's a personal favorite of yours. It is. And, and what a cool story. You know, mm-hmm. it, it reminds me a lot of uh, the recent story we had with uh, Eric Bazillion, you know, uh, meeting meeting the love of your life just by happenstance. And I I love stories like that. I love how they turn into number one songs.
2: Yeah, that song came to him in a dream. Another song that seems very dreamy or some sort of nightmare or something that we had in the next episode. Do you know what that would be? I don't. Vaden Todd Lewis discussing the Toadie's Possum Kingdom.
1: (laughs) What a weird song. Hmm. That song is so strange. I, I, I think I might have even mentioned in the episode, Chris, that it, for the time, I think 1994, it had every marking of a hit single. But if you just would have rewound the clock three, four, five years, I just couldn't see a song like that being on the radio. Just such an odd track, but so cool. Such a strange and dark song to be like a rock hit. <laughs> yeah. But
2: it was a very cool story behind the song. That was a great episode. He was a great guest. And then, Chris, next up, we had a song that you had tossed around, maybe just on the podcast. I don't know if you tossed it around with your bandmates, but I do think this would be an amazing cover for you guys to do. We had Sam Reed from Glass Tiger talking about Don't Forget Me When I'm Gone.
1: Love that song. I love awesome. that we were able to, to get him on the show. Just such a great pop song. Yes, that would be an amazing uh, cover song. Uh, hopefully, nobody does it uh, <laughs> before less than Jake does. Because be, yeah, be be a really cool cover. I I love the simplicity of the song. I want to say that later, the chorus and the bridge were the same chord. Something happened to the song that I just I just marveled at. I thought it, I thought it was 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 so cool. The thing I
2: always remember from that song is he said that. Whoever produced that song, I can't remember who it was. It was somebody pretty famous, like a some famous producer. Anyway, I have to go back and listen to it. But he said that, you know, it was like a song with a shuffle beat. And he's like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, we haven't had a shuffle hit in a few years. And then they made a shuffle hit. (laughs) And then next up, Chris, we had KT Tunstall. Discussing her song, Black Horse and the Cherry Tree. This was a really, really cool episode. I thought she was awesome. It's funny, I just watched, I had never seen the movie The Devil Wears Prada before. And I just, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to watch this. This is like a Meryl Streep classic role, and I'm going to watch it. And the first song in the movie, like during the opening credits, was a KT Tunstall song. Not this one, but I still thought like,
1: oh, that's cool. She was on our show. Yeah, I can't recall how many times I had heard that song. I did not know it was her. And I think you might have, as usual, hey, have you ever heard this song? And I, I started listening to it, and when it got to the hook, yeah, I, I had heard it a ton of times. And since then, it's like everywhere I go now, grocery stores, I'm always hearing it. It yeah. happens a lot.
0: <laughs> hoo! <Woo-hoo>!
1: Yep. <laughs> That's the song. And then next up,
2: Chris, we really went <laughs> completely the other way as far as styles of music when we had J.B. Brubaker from August Burns Red talking about the song Whitewashed,
1: a pretty brutal metal song <laughs> i always love the brutal heavy metal guys they're always the kindest sweetest like him and i are constantly talking now on instagram we're liking each other's you know uh, uh posts and whatnot such a great guy Duh, i did a ton of touring with august burns red uh warp tours and whatnot and you know i had i had, I had seen them out there but again uh, to put this one under the microscope and, and realize what's going on here under the hood. These guys, it, it, it's a next level. It's brutal, uh, well-executed, and well-thought-out uh, songs and parts. Yeah, yeah, very, very awesome.
2: Very much a band's band, a band that you could watch and marvel at the musicianship going on, and I, I really like that. And then next up, Chris, what a story behind this song. We had John Parr on to discuss... St. Elmo's Fire. I would say maybe the best story behind a song of the year.
1: Yeah, the story is is absolutely incredible. Um, I had... I want to say I had heard rumblings of the story. You know, back prior to the internet it was it was information was uh was a little different than we get it now and you you didn't always uh know what to believe much like today with the internet you don't know what to believe but but yeah the, the i think i may have heard the story but when he went through and and described it um it was just the inspiration that that came out of that and and, and what a song what a that song is so uplifting it like makes yeah. sense that what it was written about yeah i loved that episode he was such a such a good dude
2: too <laughs> they thanked us profusely for doing the episode I'm like dude thank you <laughs> this is like an uh, iconic song I that was a really
1: really special one I thought and pretty damn inspiring you said that a minute ago you love when guests you know like they'll you'll see it in their eyes they'll either like oh my god this guy's gonna start reading every lyric or they're like oh my God, this is going to be cool. And we've mm-hmm. seen that turnaround. John Parr was one of them by the end of it. He didn't want it to end, which was, which was so cool. Yeah. And
2: speaking of inspiring, Chris, the next episode up, we had Ben Lee discussing Catch My Disease. And I say inspiring because to this day, I don't know if I'll ever forget when he talked about if you have fun, recording a song, it's going to be fun to listen to that song. I took that away from that episode, and I never forget it. Every time I'm recording or playing you know, with friends, I think about that quote
1: all the time. I thought he was such an awesome guest. It's a great quote. There's songs from my catalog that there was a lot of... Uh... You know, a, a lot of things going on, shall I say, with within the band. And I'll, and, and the, the song is almost tainted by that a little bit. So mm-hmm. I, I completely get what he said. And, and again, another another amazing guest. He wanted to be here. He was stoked. It's great. Yeah. He's a podcaster himself. So he came in
2: uh, very, very pro on the podcasting end. And I always appreciate that. And then next up, Chris, we had my old friend JT Woodruff discussing Hawthorne Heights, Ohio is for lovers. It's an emo classic, and uh, he was a great
1: guest. He's a great guy. I love JT. He was. It was uh, a ton of fun to have him on. I I think what I get a little bit uh, I'm trying to think of the word flabbergasted by is is a lot of these guys will come on and and they they love me outside of the podcast. They love me from the band. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of them, and he was one of them, they, I don't know if for sure they know what they're getting into, but yeah. by the middle of the podcast, it was like we knew each other for 10 years. I right. love that. I love that connection with musicians, especially the ones that like to nerd out and and, and go deep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was cool.
1: Uh, then next up, Chris, we had one, we were trying to get this guy for a while.
2: And I think that the listeners really loved this episode. It was... Perfect timing for St. Patrick's Day. We had Dave King from Flogging Molly discussing Drunken Lullabies.
1: So good. Yep. So good. I I love the story. I love everything of 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 where he came from. He was, you know, hitting the 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 clubs in Ireland as a kid all through the 70s into the early 80s. Formed this band Fastway that had really good success. I mean, they 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 toured internationally. And then he uh, kind of found himself wondering what he was going to do next. He had gotten dropped. He still had a solo deal, I guess, and he was just kicking around L.A. and and kind of got back to his roots. Wanted to go back and play some traditional Irish stuff in the clubs, and it took off. And as I mentioned in the episode, I'll never forget just hearing the rumblings of Flogging Molly' ninety nine two thousand Warp tour and within a year they were everywhere. Yeah, I thought that episode
2: was great. The story behind the song was great and uh, you know, it was perfect for St. Patrick's Day. It was it's it was our dream St. Patrick's Day week episode and we made it happen. And then the next week, Chris, this is one that I thought was extra special. I love always loved this song. And the guy I thought was great. If we are ranking the episodes, which I wouldn't do, I, I w- maybe I would do it amongst my friends. I think all our episodes are great, but I wouldn't want to offend anyone who is like towards the, <laughs> towards the bottom. But if we are ranking episodes, this would definitely be top five for me was when John Hampson came on to talk about Nine Days, absolutely story of a girl. I thought that episode was incredible.
1: He's awesome. Yep. I, he's just such a humble dude. He's like an, I believe, English teacher yes 10th grade right. English teacher yeah <laughs> and uh you know he just he's this mild-mannered I, I I think I even might have said it in the rap when we did his episode he, he's like uh you know Clark Kent during the day and he gets to go play rock star Superman at night you know and he's right. just he he gets it he had this hit single though that to this day still I believe was it uh It wasn't Stranger Things. It was in a movie or or not a movie. Yeah, it was in the best picture.
2: Everything, everywhere, all at once. There you go. Best picture of, of last year. And the song had a resurgence once again because of that. And John has been super kind. I know he's a listener of the podcast. And he was actually on One Hit Thunder before he was on Chris to Makes a Podcast. It was after we recorded that that I asked him to be on Chris to Makes a Podcast. But yeah, I freaking love that guy. If you're listening, hey, John. Yeah, love John. Uh, Then next up, Chris, man, this was a cool one because this is just one of those 80s iconic, like probably one of the first five songs I think of if someone said name an 80s song. We had Mick Conroy for Modern English on to talk about I Melt With You.
1: Again, the guy comes on and he went ahead and listened to a couple episodes (laughs) of the podcast. I think he listened to the David Page uh, Toto episode. And he he came in just all guns blazing like, yeah, I love love what you do. Like, I'm excited for this. And then from there, it just, uh, it wrote itself. It was so good. That's so cool. Like these
2: guys that write these songs that are so woven into the fabric of our beings take the time to listen to what we do. That's so cool. I love that. And this song just amazing i thought he was really fun and really funny i thought that he just had a great sense of humor about everything and i he was was,
1: and i had to and you we both had to research this one a lot because remember there was different mixes yeah there was like a mono mix and there was a stereo mix and they did like a a dance club remix i was like well which one do we do and whatever we settled on it ended up being great yeah yeah it was really cool and they actually
2: re-recorded the song again in like 1990 did another Mm -hmm. version of it but uh Yeah, that song lives on. I think that song will always live on. Quintessentially 80s, and I love it. Uh, Next episode up for all the punk rockers out there. Hey, we have a lot of requests for these punk rock episodes, and far be it from us to deny the listeners the punk. But we had uh, Russ Rankin on to discuss Good Riddance, Darkest Days. And that was a fun episode that band that's a band you know i've listened to forever i became a fan of the fat records
1: catalog as a teenager and loved it ever since you know yeah and and it's funny R- russ is very you know soft-spoken Does, doesn't doesn't say much unless he's approaching you talk to him but he really opened up and and uh it, it, it was fun to talk to him in that way i'd never really talked to a musician to musician talking about songs and nerding out and uh it was cool, just getting to to talk about uh, their recording experience with Bill Stevenson doing you know do, right. doing the record, and uh, of course, less than Jay getting to go record with Bill. So that was that was cool.
2: And then next up, Chris, we had Josh Caterer from the Smoking Popes on to talk about the song "Megan." Such a heartfelt song, a song that so many of us from this world of music, I don't know, at one point or another, have really related to there's a real sense of longing in the way this song plays out and especially in how it ends it's like such a relatable and heavy emotion and i thought he was he was an awesome guest it was another one who really opened up about a song where you didn't know how much the guest was going to open up about it you know
1: i love sad pop and no one does it better than the popes gonna be playing with them soon the smoking pope's reliant k Less than Jake and MXPX, all alumni of Krista Makes a Podcast. Yeah, at the Hollywood Palladium on January sixth. So yeah, I love Megan. I I I love most of their catalog. I they, to me they can they can do no wrong. The, the Smoking Popes. Yeah, and next up, Chris, we had for episode one fifty one, we had
2: what you would call a ripper. This guy's like the uh, definition of a ripper. We had Chris Shiflet on. To discuss his song "West Coast Town," which is a song that is not what you would expect from Chris Shiflet. It's not what you'd expect from a guy who spent his whole life playing like heavy hard rock. This is kind of like a a
1: heartfelt. Acoustic song. Yeah. And, and I think that was the, the real reason why you and I wanted to do it. We liked the song. And, you know, if it would have sounded like, a, you know, I hate to say this, but a, a Foo Fighters rehash, I don't know if I would have really been into it. You know, it's like, oh, this wasn't maybe good enough to make the record. So, yeah. I know Dave Grohl writes all the stuff over in that camp, but nonetheless, uh, this was not what you would uh, imagine Chris Shiflet uh, uh, putting out as recorded output. I loved the song, and, and he was a, a great. Guest, yeah, that was cool. Then, next up, we had a double guest
2: episode when we had Luke and Greg from Stroke Nine discussing the song Little Black Backpack. A pretty crazy song in the way that it changes time signatures and just it doesn't seem to lend itself uh,
1: structurally to being a hit but it was. Yeah, it's kind of one of those songs like Possum Kingdom that just it doesn't lend itself to uh, uh, being an obvious hit, but here it was. It got on the radio going from four to six, uh, the time signature. What a quirky song. And again, it uh, it makes sense. It came out in the 90s, a time for, for quirkiness. Right. <laughs> and then next up, Chris, we had one that
2: I've wanted to make happen for a long time, a band I've loved since I first heard them. We had Burt from The Used, on to talk about The Taste of Ink, one of the biggest and most memorable songs of that 2000s era emo punk scene. You know, it's just incredible song. And he's another one who I didn't know how much he would open up about, you know, the writing of the song and and everything. And he really did. He was a great guest.
1: He was awesome. It was really difficult to get Bert on the show because he lives in Australia, and <laughs> yeah. the same thing with Ben Lee and and some of our uh, guests that live in Australia, New Zealand, that part of the world. Uh, it was hard to coordinate, but finally, finally, we got a, a a time. I think he was he was early in the morning, and we were late at night. I think we mm-hmm. recorded that. But uh, known Bert forever, as you said, and I think we even talked about it back uh, when we recorded the episode. If you were to a, a name. I don't know, the top five quintessential songs of of the 2000s, Taste Mm -hmm. of Ink would be in there for me. Yeah. Oh, me too. What a
2: jam. And then next up, Chris, we had your old buddy, John Snodgrass, on to discuss Drag the Rivers. Me and Joe drove out to California, and uh, you could tell that you guys were
1: old friends. Yes, and and you could tell that John, uh, he still is an avid listener of the show. I just saw him when I was out in Colorado recording. John stopped by the studio, and yeah, he was... uh, I don't know. He kind of reminded me a little bit uh, of, of his uh, Drag the River bandmate, Chad. They both kind of came on and like, oh, I don't know. And they kind of downplayed uh, their songwriting abilities and whatnot. And I kind of had to, to no pun intended, drag it out of both of them to kind of be like, right. you know. And once they, once they opened up, especially John and things got going, it was a, a really cool story. Yep. Very much a humble dude. And, uh, seems to be a very well liked guy too. It
2: seems like he's one of those guys that's friends with everybody like Frank Turner, you know, like he's like that too. It seems like everybody seems to like this guy and, uh, you know, definitely came through in his episode. Uh, then next up we had Sean Stern from youth brigade discussing. I hate my life. It's always cool to get one of those punk rock pioneers on the show.
1: That was interesting. I think that Sean at first, I don't know, maybe he was a little surprised that, you know, I don't know if he really realized this was a songwriting podcast and how deep we were going to go. But again, once we got into it, we've never had a bad guest on here, you know, either right out of the gate. It's great. They either know what the show is, or they're just in a good mood to do an interview that morning, or you get the guest, you kind of have to work a little bit, but once you got them and Sean was one of those. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool hearing about it was kind of the dawn of punk
2: rock. And it's cool hearing those stories about what laid the groundwork for our bands a decade plus decades plus later. So uh, I thought that was really cool. And then next up, Chris, it was a big one this year. We had John Oates on discussing Maneater. That
1: was one of those surreal episodes. Yeah, I can't think of another word. Surreal is, is, is the perfect description. He was great. He was he was so humble and forthcoming, and just to if you if you sit back and just think of how many hit songs Hall yeah. and Oates had, yeah. it, it's mind it's mind boggling. And uh, Man Eater was one of the biggest. Yeah, Chris, we did a one hit thunder like live trivia
2: event for charity a couple weeks ago. And I was the host. And my final question was between the two people that were left, Hollow Notes had 16 top 10 hits. How many can you name? And they had to go back and forth and be either like, okay go ahead and do it. You know, they had to wager their points or whatever. 16 top 10 hits. Wow. That's
1: a lot. Yeah, it is. I don't think I could name all 16. I'd, I'd give it a pretty good go, but
2: yeah. Yeah. You could get 10 of them pretty easy. Then next up,
1: Chris. Oh, this was a really
2: good one. This guy, I don't know. He was just such a fun guest. We had slug
1: from atmosphere on to talk about the best day. So good. And what a different song. That was one of the, it was a different song for us to, uh, to, to feature on the show. I don't know if we had anything, anything quite like it. His storytelling and the way he goes about the descriptors in his lyrics, it's, it's awesome. I love, I love his flow. I love his energy.
2: Yeah. Storyteller, both in his lyrics and on the podcast. There was so much about that episode. It was so relatable and just, I don't know, very humble and down to earth guy. And I- have friends who are super into Atmosphere. And I just kind of knew a few songs. But after that, I became a big fan. That's one of those episodes where I thank the podcast for exposing me to to more music. I really love that one. Next episode. I didn't need exposed to this one. Definitely was a fan of this song from the first time I ever heard it because I was already a huge fan of this band. We had John Feldman on, who was actually our first ever guest back when we started the podcast,
1: but we had him back to discuss Superman. What an episode. Yeah. And John was bouncing off the walls again. He came in, you know, just raring to go. He's got such great energy and you know, here in your bedroom, uh that yeah, that was the first episode. John was our first guest back in June 2020. That was their breakout song, their first single, their first hit. But man, uh Superman, Tony Hawk. Yeah. And <laughs> enough, enough said, right? I mean, that song was massive. Is massive.
2: What a crazy career John Feldman has had, not only with Goldfinger, but as a producer. He's really done it all, and he's an amazing guest. I would have him back. I would have him back every year if he would come back. So, I mean, and he definitely has enough songs to be able to do that forever. There's so many great songs that John Feldman has written. So that was really awesome. And speaking of awesome, Chris, the next two episodes in a row, this was our first ever double episode. Fat Mike came on for a two-parter about the writing of the decline
1: well you know we had had mike on the previous year i think chris talking about their new single linoleum and we also broke down linoleum right and one of the first it's probably in the first couple months of the podcast we, we both were like, we got to get fat, Mike, we got to do the decline, but didn't know if it, you know, how, how do you break that down? We did it in two parts. I think we could have probably made four parts out <laughs> yeah. of the 18 minute song. Uh, uh, there was a lot there. We got him to commit two of my favorite episodes.
2: Yeah, man, that was really, really awesome. I know people talk to us about that episode like crazy. I mean... Honestly, probably more than any other episode this year, people have talked to me like, I can't believe you guys did the decline. Like, So I've been wanting to make that happen since we started the podcast. I'm so excited that that happened this year. And also, I'm very excited, speaking of return guests, that Bill Stevenson came back to discuss clean sheets from the descendants bill's first time on the podcast was an episode that people still talk about but this one i thought was incredible as well this song
1: clean sheets is just like i don't know it's a punk rock classic it's amazing yeah one of my favorite Descendant songs always fun to talk to Bill. I do remember one thing that was funny. I had said, is that an overdub on Tom? He's like, oh, I don't overdub. He kind of got <laughs> a- offended by it. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But it did yeah. sound like an overdub to me in all fairness. And I thought for that time period, you know, maybe, maybe they were they're doing stuff like that. He's like, absolutely not. We're purists. Yeah, that's true. We've heard that from all of them in one way
2: or another in their episodes (laughs) because now we've had all the descendants, all the current lineup of the descendants on the show, which is really cool. Chris, real quick, before we go on, at this point, we're halfway through the year and we do have to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Do you notice that I always put in a little, a little ad break thing halfway through I the episode.
1: Do. <laughs> it's soothing. It's soothing. It's yeah. not, it's, it's not jarring at all, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I make them special for every episode, but this time, I'm gonna
2: hear from our sponsors right now.
1: And we're back, Chris. That's right. And we're going to continue on with the rest of 2023, the back half of the year. Lots of great stuff to talk about. But please head over to chrisdemakes.com. That is our supporting cast kind of our version of Patreon, go over there and you can sign up for the after party. That's bonus episodes each week. You can hear Chris and I talk a little bit more. ChrisDemakes.com. You don't know uh, how much it helps us keep the lights on here. All the support, uh, everyone that is already a supporting cast member. Thank you so much. So ChrisDemakes.com. And Chris, what was the first episode in July? Our first
2: episode of July was another one where we had two guests at once, which we try to not do so much because it gets a little hard sometimes with people talking over each other and stuff. But this one was good because both of our guests were in the same place at the same time. It was Aaron Barrett and Scott kloffenstein uh, discussing Real Big Fish Sellout. Another huge episode for our Listener base. I know people were really psyched about this one.
1: Yeah, we kind of had decided this summer. You know, I was I was leaving town to go do some uh, touring with the band, and and ahead of, ahead of me leaving, we said, you know what? Let's just get some guests we've already had. Of course, we had Aaron on before, and Bill, and and Fat Mike, but uh, to have Scott on and his energy with Aaron was just incredible. Those those two together, it was just like you know long lost buddies that hadn't seen each other which they hadn't they they just kind of reconnected scott moved back out to california and as you said they were in the same room together it was it was awesome yeah they were having a lot of fun
2: and what a song i mean that song just captures in a moment in my life you know it's that real big fish and and less than jake honestly like you guys that's just my high school years and like what I loved and still love so, so much. So I was, I was so excited about that episode. I love those guys. I really, really love both of those guys.
1: Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And I, I, it took everything in me to say, when's the band getting back together? And I I stopped myself. I didn't do it. So yeah, right. Hey, and then next episode, Hey, sometimes we have guests on here
2: where I'm like, man, if I get to a point where I can start more podcasts, I want to approach this person and tell them, you should host a podcast. When we had Nick Wheeler from the All-American Rejects talking about Move Along, I just think he's such a, a a cool
1: guy. And I think that like if he had a podcast, I would listen to it. I just remember laughing the whole episode with him. Yeah. He was just hilarious. He just gets it. So much to talk about with that song. The song was massive, huge hit. Uh, and it was it was cool to see his appreciation for it. You know, a, a lot of times when you, you never know, you'll get bands. We luckily we haven't had it uh, on here too much. We've you know, there's been a little weirdness, and and I won't name any names, of course. But uh, for the most part, people appreciate uh, their songs, and and yeah, he to, he fully appreciates uh, "Move Along" and what it's done for him and the band and his career. And he was a great guest. Yeah, great guest, incredible song. I love the whole. Children's choir part of that yeah.
2: song, and oh man, what a jam! And he was a great guest. And then next up, Chris, we had Mikey Erg from the Ergs discussing "Pray for Rain." That was a fun one. He's a funny guy, and I I loved that one too. The Ergs were a band that I've. Heard about for a long time. Wasn't real familiar with. And now I love because of Krista makes a podcast.
1: Yeah. I loved the remix uh, that they did with Steve Albini on the song. And uh, hey, Mikey, if you're listening, what's up? He's an avid listener of the show. And oh, he was very, nice. very stoked that we had him on. So very cool. Yeah, that was awesome. And then next up, we had an
2: episode where this was another guy I was trying to get for a long time. We had Kenny Vasoli discussing the Starting Lines Island. Now, Going into this episode, I asked him if he would want to do the song Island, and I think he was kind of surprised that that's the song we chose. I was like, well, it's one of my favorite, if not Yes, I would say that is my favorite starting line song, but I think he was a little bit surprised. I think he thought we were going to do like one of their earlier songs or something.
1: Yeah, this was a, a huge production. Not that their their other stuff was uh, sparse by any means, but uh, yeah, this wasn't one of their earlier, more punk rock songs. This was definitely a, a huge, a huge song for them, huge production.
2: Yeah, and it was you had the Howard Benson tie on this one. This was mm-hmm. a Howard Benson production. Yep. And also, Chris, a peek behind the curtain, I didn't put this in the episode, but it was pretty funny that Kenny thought you didn't like him, (laughs) and he kind (laughs) of called called you out, uh, and I guess you'd had a few drinks, and jokingly, something that you would have said to me, Or something and I would have been like, oh, that's just Chris because I know you, (laughs) but he thought that you didn't like him. And you're like, no, dude, I'm sorry. That was 20 years ago. I was having some drinks, Uh,
1: whatever. (laughs) No, always, always like that band. You know, it's funny. Um, There's very few people, Fat Mike's one of them, that can just, you know, get hammered and be nasty and talk nonsense and oh that's just mike he gets he gets a pass every time but you know there's been times when you know people have been like oh you, you said something off the cuff it's like well yeah i was just that you know i was just teasing as you said i was just being chris but yeah. um I'm, I'm, <laughs> everything's good now i think he'd come back on the show chris i think i, I think, think all, so. I, I think all is uh all is forgiven
2: i think so too and i think he was a listener <laughs> of the show too so i i, I really like that guy and that episode's great and that song is great uh next up after that chris We had Howie Spangler on to discuss Ballyhoo's Walk Away. That was a good one. It was
1: a good one. Howie's, uh, him and Ballyhoo are just out there year after year doing their thing. Um, I I call people that do that lifers. Who knows? It it could be tomorrow. Something could go viral. They could have this huge, massive hit. But uh, bands like theirs, they just, it's kind of like, what did a punchline less than Jake do? We just keep going. You know, you keep you go, you go to the next town, you go to the next city, and it's refreshing to see, and, and we've done a bunch of touring in the loved those guys.
2: Yeah, yeah. He was really cool. He's one of those people I'm glad I got to meet, at least over the internet, this year. Next up, Chris, this was an awesome one. We actually uh, we hit up Howard Jones because we were talking about No One Is to Blame, the song, which I, I would love to have Howard back on to talk about that song, yes. but it was the 40 year anniversary of new song which was his first hit man howard was so incredible like i thought this was this was one of the best episodes of the year and this guy you know in the, in the united states he's definitely had his share of hits i think in the uk he's even had even more hits he's very much like a peter gabriel sort of eccentric performer, but so awesome and such a pioneer of like the new wave and such a pioneer with synthesizers and stuff. Oh, i really, really loved this guy and this episode.
1: Yeah. I want to say that, uh, Was there any traditional instruments in this one, like guitars or anything?
2: No, no. And I remember one thing about this episode is you used the term real instruments, and he (laughs) he corrected you. And you're like, well, actually, just because they're electronic doesn't mean they're not real. And you're like, "Eh, no, no, I mean traditional. He, He wasn't mad about it, but I was like, yeah, you're right. Anything... What makes something a a real instrument? You know, they're all real instruments.
1: Yeah. And I think the argument back then, though, was that even though it was an electronic, a synth uh, instrument, that there was still a human being playing it at right. least programming it, you know, and a lot of times mm-hmm. now it's just <laughs> push a button and, and, and things will happen for you. So uh, he was awesome. I think we can get him back to do No One Is to Blame. I think he enjoyed it. I think, I think we could. I really want to make that happen because I really love No One Is to Blame. Uh, then next
2: up, Chris, we had another return guest, our old friend and one of the what I think is one of the coolest guys in punk. Uh, Mike Carrera, came back to talk about
1: MXPX's new single at that moment, uh, Stay Up All Night. That's right. His uh, team he has behind him, they just, they, they rolled out this record. They did a really, really cool thing. They're, they're doing like 12 to 15 shows next year, all in A markets, big shows. Mm-hmm. They're going in, they're getting their friends to play with them. Like we're going to be playing with them soon uh, out in uh, Hollywood. And uh, one of the things that they wanted to do to to hype the record was to have uh, Mike come on and and uh, they reached out to us. Hey, could you break down the, the new single? And typically we like to have, you know, uh, an iconic song from an artist's career from, from way back when. But, uh, you know, we, we went ahead with this one. great episode, great song. And, and, and Mike's awesome. He's just been, been a friend forever. Yeah. Always love Mike. Uh,
2: then next up, Chris, this was also, if we were ranking the episodes of the year, this would be up there. I I don't know. Rivaling number one. We had our friend Andrew Dost on to discuss funds. We are young. One of the biggest songs that we ever had on here. Grammy award winning giant. One of the biggest songs of the 2010s. And just what a amazing story. You actually compared this song in certain ways to Bohemian Rhapsody and that it's this huge epic production. And, uh, I agree. This song is incredible.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know if if uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was whatever eight minutes long or nine minutes long. Here was a three and a half minute pop song. They were able to, you know, take the the grandiosity of this huge rock opera and condense it somehow. Um, amazing song. I absolutely love it. Andrew's one of the the, the sweetest kind of souls. I had, had hung out with him a couple months prior. Lesson Jake played in Detroit. He came out and uh, wasn't that long after we we had him on. I think he listens to the show too. I think he, we might have another listener. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I love that.
1: Love Andrew. And hey, Chris, something we haven't mentioned. All these episodes we're talking about from the very beginning, June of 2020, you can go back. They're out there forever, wherever you get podcasts. Tell a friend or two. Maybe yeah. send them a link. Say, hey, my friend likes uh, my friend likes fun. She likes yeah. that song. He likes that song. Send it to them and uh, help us out a little bit. That'd be awesome.
2: That's what I love about our show, Chris. Just because in episodes from years ago or months ago or whatever... The story remains the same. Maybe I know. W- maybe what they plug at the end, like they're plugging a tour or something. Maybe the tour has already happened. But other than that, you can listen to these episodes five years from now, ten years from now. They remain evergreen.
1: That's why I love making the show, man. Yeah, it's it's awesome. They're they're out there, and as you said, uh, the the story behind the song is not going to change. So it's it's always always current in that sense. Who do we have after Andrew, Chris? I'm I'm drawing a blank. Uh, next up we had Alexia
2: Roditis. From Destroy Boys discussing Fences, a relatively newer band who has definitely made their mark in the past couple years.
1: Yeah, that band has made a lot of noise, ran into them uh, at a campground in Italy. That's where (laughs) we had had a day off and started talking to them and and realized, I thought she was, I think I even mentioned the episode, I thought she was the tour manager or something, because I heard her speaking what I thought was Italian. I guess it was Spanish. Uh, But uh, she was not the tour manager. She, in fact, is the front person, uh, front woman for the band. And Great song, great band, and I, I, I wish them uh, all the best. we g- glad to have them on the show. Hell yeah.
2: And then next up, Chris, we had an episode where it was me and you. Once in a while, we like to do these episodes where we look back on an artist who is no longer with us and break down the song. And it would be nice if we could have the person, but unfortunately, we cannot. But this time, we had a little discussion about Christine McVie and Fleetwood Mac's Don't
1: Stop. Man, and I... I Talk to you about this in the episode. Simple. I yeah. don't think the chord arrangement really changed, but maybe like, I don't know, like a pre-chorus at the end or something. It was just the same thing, but it just goes to show you that it's about the hook. It's about the conviction, which it gets sung. Uh, is the lyric poignant? Uh, all these little things add up to a hit song, and they knock that one out of the park.
2: Yeah. The thing I took away from that is like, wow, there are no harmonies in this song. How is that uh-huh. possible?
1: I know. And how hauntingly similar both Lindsay and Christine sound in that song. They trade off on verses and just her low husky voice and uh, mixes great with his.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I really, really love that song. Uh, Next up, Chris, we had an episode with an artist that you took on tour or you were about to take on tour when we recorded this episode. It was Devin Kay discussing Devin Kay and the Solutions Millennial Homesick Blues
1: what a funny guy! Absolutely funny guy. I I love their DIY approach. They're doing everything themselves. I I felt uh, that, that uh, we should give them a shot here on the show and, and and get their name out there a little bit more. They've been on the road with us, and uh, of course, I've known Devin forever. He used to play in Direct Hit, and uh, great deserving band. And another band, I wish all the best. Love them. Hell yeah. Uh, and then next up, Chris,
2: we had Brandon Hardesty from Bumpin' Uglies discussing Island Time. We had a few reggae episodes this year, and uh, this song is about as, as reggae
1: as it gets. Absolutely. And he was another guy that just, I don't think he knew what he was getting himself into at first, <laughs> and it was within five minutes or so. I always can see when I, I, I hook them because it, it turns. They start talking to me. I'm not asking them questions, and I love that. Right. And speaking of not knowing what they're getting into, oh boy, this was an
2: awesome one. One of my favorite songs we did this year, and I thought the guy was really funny. We had Joe Jack Talcum from the Dead Milkmen talking about Punk Rock Girl, <laughs> who,
1: funny enough, <laughs> recorded the episode outside, <laughs> which I yeah, thought was he, pretty funny. He, he was sitting at like a f- Folding like card table, like out in his side garden. You could just there. There's the main street. You can hear cars and you know gar- garbage trucks going by and sirens. And he was just uh, having his morning coffee, relaxing. And uh, what a quirky fellow! But man, great song.
2: Yeah, I think the outside thing was pretty fitting for Dead Milkman. You know, it just yeah. it just made sense. And I've loved this song forever. And one thing about this song is it sounds like maybe it'd be like a simple song, but I said this to you before we recorded the episode that in one of my bands, we were like, hey, we should cover Punk Rock Girl. That'd be fun. It's not an easy song to cover because it's so strange and quirky and kind of like the, I don't want to call them mistakes, but kind of, kind of
1: mistakes in the song and the weirdness of the song. It's hard to replicate. It is. They left Everything in they—they they weren't fixing mistakes. They there was no computers to fix. You know there was nothing to tune the vocals with. Look at the video. How ad libbed the video is. They were just a ragtag you know punker kids that just were were flying by the seat of their pants. There was no rules. And in fact, when you watch videos of them now, what I found fascinating, Chris, was they they leave those mistakes in meaning certainly 30 years has went by. I know as musicians that we all grow, you know, you're going to continue to get better at your craft to some degree, but they're, they're cognizant of those mistakes or bad chords or wrong notes. They're left in because that keeps the integrity of the song.
2: Yeah, for sure. How would
1: you cover that song? How would you cover it? It's, it's difficult. I mean, you, you play it cleaner
2: (laughs) than they play it, but then you lose all the charm of the original. So, and all the feel. Yep. Yeah, there's no reason to cover that song really because you just can't do it. Um, hey, next up, Chris. Oh boy, did we have a wild one for episode 175. Wheeler Walker Jr. came on to discuss Finger Blast, easily <laughs> our funniest episode ever.
1: Yeah, he came in. Uh, he came in swinging. That was uh, guns in, blazing. In, in, yeah, guns, guns uh, fully drawn. Yeah, what a uh, what a guest. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious on and off camera. I mean, he was saying some stuff when we weren't rolling that was like, man, we, we we need to start rolling. This is uh this is gold. Yeah, he was great. And I became a
2: huge fan. I didn't know. I honestly somehow it had escaped me and I, I didn't know what the story of Wheeler Walker Jr. was. And boy, oh boy, that and plus that song's incredible. That yeah. song is amazing. Yeah, so that was a good one. Hey, next up, we had your old buddy Ephraim Shoals on to discuss death by stereos forever and a day. This guy, man, I love when guests are happy to be here. I feel like he was the happiest that anyone has ever been on Chris to Makes a Podcast. And I thought he was amazing.
1: I've said this before about guys in the business. You know, I've, I. Admittedly, I've never been in a band with Ephraim, so maybe my opinion would change, but I've never seen the dude in a bad mood. He is <laughs> always positive, like yeah. just complete posy, just uh, you know, just smiling, give you the shirt off his back, and that came across in the episode. And it's so funny that
2: he has that personality, because you might not picture that when you listen to Death by Stereo's music exactly. and his delivery, you know? It's exactly. Wild. It's wild. He seems like a, a real sweet guy. Chris, next up, the next episode, one of my favorite episodes of the year, because I became a huge fan of this band based off of this song and this album that this song is from. We had Raul Reynolds on from Enter Shikari to talk about Please Set Me on Fire. And dude, it's one of my favorite albums of the year. I'm a giant fan of this band now, and I maybe wouldn't have dove into their catalog had it not been for having Rao on the on the podcast
1: yeah well I I had been telling you about this band you know they're one of those bands they do okay in the states I think he kind of even joked about it because they were coming over here for a tour you know but over in Europe and England it's massive I mean, I played festivals where 60, 50, 60,000 people are going mad, going nuts. And I I kept telling you about this band. I said, hey, I'm playing a festival with them. I'm going to find a contact. And I did. And we hit them up, got them on the show. And next thing I know, you're calling me. And this happens (laughs) once in a while. And not that you're like, I'm diving into the back catalog. These guys are like my favorite band right now. That's really
2: awesome. Dude, this album. This album is incredible, and this album went to number one on the UK charts when it yeah. came out. That is that is really really awesome, and I I wish them. I I want more and more albums from them, and I'm I hope that they get even bigger in the states than they are because everyone should check them out. They are awesome. Uh, next up, Chris, we had an up and coming band that has been doing really well in recent years. Uh, we had Chris Freeman from Hot Mulligan on to talk about Equip Sunglasses.
1: That's right. These guys are killing it. I Every time I get on the socials, I see some, a post from them, and it's just they're they're selling out everywhere. Uh, big rooms. They're going into 1,500, 2,000, 2,500 seat places. Uh, it seems like they came out of nowhere, but they've been at it for a good couple of years now, probably four or five years. We toured with them on the Newfound Glory run a couple of years ago. That's where I was first introduced to them, and uh, good for them. Great band. It seems like Chris
2: should have equipped his sunglasses when we had him on the podcast too because it, he, he was coming off of what seemed like a late rough night. When
1: he, yeah, when he, he was on, on a little bender. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but he was a, a good guest and a funny guy. Uh, next up, Chris, we had a return guest, one of my favorite guests that we have, very knowledgeable, especially about the subject matter of all of his music. Uh, We had Spencer Charnis back to discuss Ice Nine Kills, Hip To Be Scared. What a song. What a guest. What a guy. And what a ride their band has been on. Uh, You know, touring with Metallica. No
1: big deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you look at the level of, of songs that we've discussed on this show, uh, everything from Africa to, to Maneater. Uh, we, we've, we've broke down some iconic, amazing hits. Uh, I hate to, you know, this isn't a popularity contest, but uh, Hip To Be Scared is probably my favorite song I've ever broke down on the show. Wow, And one of the most interesting songs I've ever, ever heard in my life, how he goes from first person narrator to talking about himself in third person to doing other voices and other characters. It's it's theatrical metal, but tongue in cheek. I mean, this isn't completely serious. There's there's a lot of innuendo inside jokes. It's executed perfectly, in my opinion. Yeah. What a production,
2: man. They don't shy away from the huge production. And I think it serves the songs perfectly. Ice Nine Kills is another band because of Chris that makes a podcast that I've become a huge fan of. Next up, Chris, we had a guest that people have been asking for for a very long time. And he was a great guy, had great stories, made me laugh a lot when I was editing it. Jason Devore was on to talk about authority zeros one more
1: minute. Jason's great. I've known him forever. Uh, people it, it's funny. People in our group, uh, the Facebook group, Chris makes a podcast Facebook group forever. because, uh, you know Chris, you put up polls in there asking who you want guests. and they've been like, Jason Devore, Jason Devore. and and finally, uh, it, it, all it was was a text. He's like, of course, I'll be on. We got him on and he was he was great.
2: Yeah, really, really like that guy. feel like I would be friends with him in real life. I hope I get to meet him sometime and say, hey, I think we'd be good friends. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're a really nice guy. Uh, next up, Chris, we had one of your personal heroes in music, I guess would be the word to say. I, that's the way you described it, I believe.
1: We had Duncan Redmond's on to discuss Snuff's Nick Northern. Duncan was in rare form. He was the most talkative. You know, you got to pull him out of his shell. There's times when he's kind of closed off. In fact, I had reached out to him uh, a couple years ago when we started the pod, and he just was kind of, I don't do interviews. You know how I am. It's like, I know how you are. And uh, he hit me up out of nowhere a couple months ago, and he said, hey, I'm doing press again. I think I want to come on your show. I said, I got a seat. I got got a seat for you. So then we had him. (laughs) I hope that means that just just
2: the gospel of Krista makes a podcast is spreading so hard that Duncan thought to himself, man, I got to do that Krista makes a podcast. I hope that's what happened. That's what I'd like to think. Yeah. Uh, next up, once again, another punk rock icon, someone that really was a pioneer of the world that we have been so involved in, Chris. We had Greg Hetson on to discuss Circle Jerks' Back Against the Wall.
1: Yes. And lots of laughs during that episode. Yeah. Lots of, you know, I, I was really digging with Greg because I had just come off giving all those tours out at the Punk Rock Museum. And I was just really I I really wanted to go back to those first shows like what was it really like you know when you're playing to 30 people in a burned out building in, in South Central LA and and this is an area where cops don't go into it's like you're doing these these hit and run type uh, punk shows and uh, just fascinating to me because you know I know coming a decade 15 years after all the punk things started. Yeah, there was still some sketchiness going on but not like what these guys encountered and great episode. Yeah. It's amazing that these
2: guys like Greg Hetson and Mick Conroy from Modern English and Howard Jones. We're talking about songs that are like 40 or 40 plus years ago they recorded them. It's it's impressive that they have even as many memories about the creation of them that they do have, you know? I feel like there's songs that I've written or recorded 10 years ago that I'd be like, I can't even remember where
1: we did that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's uh, a lot of times, there's specific memories I, I have them attached to songs. You don't really know why uh, about recording them, and these are songs that aren't hits. They're not; they're, they're B side songs you never even play. But it's funny what memories stick out and what uh, what don't. Next up, Chris. We've been trying to get him for a while to complete the cycle of of getting them all.
2: Carl Alvarez came on to discuss Descendants. I'm the one, such a landmark and important Descendants song, and Carl was. I don't know,
1: very eloquent in in talking about it. I thought he was such an amazing guest. Sometimes you got to go through the side door, Chris, to get what you want. And in this case, uh, Carl's wife, she came up to me because she heard me talking to him in Gainesville when we played with Descendants recently. And she said you're not going to get him on the phone. She goes, give me your number. I'll get him on your podcast. I said, all right, uh, let, 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 let's do this. And within 10 days, we had, uh, had an episode recorded with Carl. So thank you to Jennifer, Carl's wife for making it happen.
2: You'd have never known that it was hard to get him on the podcast
1: because he was such a great guest. Carl's amazing. And he's a, he's a, I consider him and I really believe he considers me a, a good friend. But I texted, I called, <laughs> I'm calling the tour manager going, why won't he text me back? He's like, because he's Carl. So that was it. <laughs> I didn't get my feelings hurt, but finally we got him due to, in, 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 in no short part due to his wife. So thank you again, Jennifer. We caught a white whale. I love it. Um,
2: <laughs> next up. We had the very sweet Ryan Cabrera on to discuss his song on the way down. A very interesting story about saying, Hey, if anybody could produce my album, uh, Johnny Resnick would be one I want to do it. He's not a producer, but hey, I'd like him to produce it. And it, it somehow worked. What a great story! It paid story.
1: off, yeah, even before getting signed, just uh. You know, having Ashley Simpson's father find you in a nightclub and say, hey, I'm going to bring you to L.A. and I'm going to give you a stipend and feed you and and keep you out here and and find you a record deal. I mean, that's just like fairy tale type stuff. And uh, I thought Ryan was very humble and forthcoming. And it was a a great conversation.
2: Yep, he was really good. And also, Chris, next up, we had another return guest this year. And boy, oh, boy. Do I love when this guy comes on? I know you love it too. Eric Bazillion. You know, we had him last time to talk about the Hooters and we danced, but this time he came on to talk about a song he wrote that became a giant hit in the 90s as made famous by Joan Osborne, One of Us.
1: Here's a guy that hadn't had a hit, at least in the States. You know, because the Hooters, after they had their initial pop in the States, and I didn't know this until talking to them the first time, they became this thing in Europe. And they had hit songs over there that were never hits in the U.S. and vice versa. Here he was, though, 10 years later after the Hooters' uh, breakout success and fame to just have this song that he that he wrote. And uh, ended up in the hands of, of, of the producer that was working with Joan Osborne. And next thing you know, this becomes his uh, biggest song he's ever written in his career. You wouldn't even know it was him yeah. unless unless you, unless you research it, because, uh, of course, it was made famous by Joan Osborne. I knew it was him only because
2: we had done a one-hit Thunder episode about it. What I didn't know about it was that he played on it and he sings on it. Yes. I guess... I just didn't register that there were male voices
1: in the song. And and I just, I loved that aspect of the story. I thought that was awesome. And he grabbed, he grabbed the guitar out, man, and starts playing it. And the minute he starts playing the guitar, you can hear that, yeah, that sounds exactly like the song or the, the guitar in the song, because it was.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I love when people break out a guitar in an episode. Uh, always makes it extra special. And Chris... Our final episode of the year, other than the episode you're listening to right now, was our old friend, Jarrett Reddick. Yes, he was a return guest, too. He was our second episode ever. Second, yeah. Years and years ago, he came back to talk about Bowling for Soup's Girl All the Bad Guys
1: Want. And of course, it's a great episode. It's Jarrett. It's our buddy. That's right. And it was co-written by another uh, past guest of Chris Makes a Podcast, Butch Walker. That was co-written by Jarrett and Butch. Great song. You know, huge. That that was their breakout hit. Myself included, I've always thought 85 was the song that came first. And 1985 was on the record after. So this was their breakout song. Uh, Jarrett's a podcaster himself. He's a cut up. He's a ham. He's easy to talk to. So I thought this was kind of a a, a no brainer for the last guest of the year. Very fitting to have someone. I feel like
2: he's like me and you. (laughs) We're all cut from the same cloth. And uh, man, what a year. That, just that list, let alone all the years before. I'm really looking forward to 2024, Chris. We already recorded some of the episodes for 2024. We're going to start the year with a bang because we're not going to say what it is yet, but one of the biggest songs we've ever had on Chris to Makes a Podcast is what we're going to start the year with. And man, we have from all ranges of of songs and artists, uh, we have a great year in store for everyone in 2024.
1: That's right. And, and this enthusiasm that Chris and I share with you weekly, uh, this isn't because, uh, this is a paycheck or a job or any of those things. It's, uh, uh, this is complete passion. I still love doing this. Every song, whether I've heard it a million times or I've never heard it, it's new to me. I get to look at it in a different way. It excites me. I can't wait uh, for the guests in 2024. Again, if you're not a member of the Chris Demakes a podcast VIP supporting cast, please head over to ChrisDemakes.com. Check it out. We'd love to have you be a part. Thanks to everybody who is a supporting cast member and and each and every one of you who just listen to the show each week. We appreciate you. Head over to our Facebook group and join if you're not a member over there because that's where that's kind of like our community center, Chris. That's where everything happens.
2: There's a lot of rewarding things about making this podcast. Of course, it's getting to talk to and interact with songwriters that I love and respect and, you know, getting to work with you, Chris, that's that's part of it too for me, but I also get a lot of satisfaction and happiness from interacting with people that listen and hearing their opinions on things and what they took away from the episodes and especially when i meet someone in person who's a listener of the podcast because we instantly have so much we can talk about you know there's no there's no awkward small talk it's like i love this episode oh yeah here's something about that episode that you might not know and it's just instant conversation and i i love that i mean that's that in itself is so rewarding to me.
1: Absolutely and there and just the fact that Chris there's always another hit single being written right now. We never know what we're gonna wake up to tomorrow. That's exciting to me. We now have a chris makes a Podcast uh, Instagram page where Chris is posting tons of great content and clips. We got video clips of uh, me talking with the guests on there. It's, uh, it's great, as well as the chris makes official YouTube page, a bunch of stuff and a bunch of things going on over there. And uh, give my man Chris Fafalius a follow on Instagram. Figure out how to spell his name. You'll figure it out. Yeah, you'll. And figure I'm it out. <laughs> on. I'm on Instagram at less than Chris D. And uh, again, thanks to everybody who not only made 2023 special here at Chris Makes a Podcast, but for the last three years. It's going to be four years next June that we've uh, we've had the lights on here, Chris. And I'm uh, as proud as ever. And thank you, Chris, for uh, doing all you do. Hell yeah, man! Thank you for being the host with the most. And uh, can't wait for another great year. That's right. And uh, thanks to every guest we've had this year. Thanks to you for listening. And we'll see you next year.